Hey, whatever. Let me make sure I'm on silent here. Oh, yeah, yeah. Trust okay. me, I, I grab my phone and, uh, yeah, I'm on vibrate like always. Fantastic. You always have a notebook with you, I've noticed. Do you just write stuff down all the time? or? Um, That's just from last night. Why did I have it last night? Oh, so um, this afternoon, uh, I have I have a couple friends who I know through like music, oh, that's uh, cool. or who are musicians, and just doing the mixed mics and stuff. I know them, and all probably a year ago they were like, "Do you want to film some stuff? We have some ideas, and we just sort of need the comic to fill in the spot." Yeah. And so we finally started doing that, and I was just trying to put together a set. Um, because it was like filming on the street and I was like just trying to think of the best set that's like would read as stand-up bits and not just like weird rambling okay uh if you know I mean it's like not just knowing the audience but like knowing <laughs> knowing what to do when there's no audience oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's the premise they hit me with they're like we have a couple ideas for doing stand-up <laughs> without anyone uh oh really like, let's let's Go for it. Yeah. And like you trust them. You go like, okay, all right, I'll hear you out. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And flattery doesn't hurt. Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah, the, of they're like, we are choosing you. We like you as yeah. a stand up and we like your style. Oh, uh, yeah. And it meshes uh, with what they want to do. So, sure. I mean, try it out. Also, I love weird, uh, just weird shit. Doing it, seeing it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Uh, like all the kind of like art house ideas. I think that that. Uh, you know, that has more longevity than just sort of following the trends. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I love. I like. I have a weird sense of humor, mm-hmm. but like even like saying that, it just kind of like you hear a lot of people say it. Just kind of like, oh no, I like weird shit. Uh, sure. I say weird shit all the time, but like, I think of the dumbest stuff all the time that like makes no sense. Yeah, there's a threshold for that kind of thing. Yeah, I think that um, what people think is weird and what uh what they accept is weird and then like what lies beyond that like yeah. umbra and penumbra and then outside of that shadow of weirdness of like just the mainstream stuff and it's like if it's too far in it's i mean eric andre is a good example oh yeah um, definitely. i always forget his uh, the other guy's name there's a comic when oddball festival came through pittsburgh in 2015 2016 I uh, think so. I went Brody Stevens. Brody Stevens? And people were like, he's so weird. He's so, like, I think he might, I think he's on the spectrum and stuff like that. Which, first off, it doesn't necessarily mean that someone's weird if they're on the spectrum. Like, yeah. those two things don't <laughs> need to be part and parcel. But also, I saw him and I'm like, okay, well, he's, I, I, I don't see how he's weird. Like, yeah. he's fine. And I'm not, it's not a qualitative statement, but I don't understand how that's weird or different than. Uh, I see what you mean because when I went in 2013, 2014, that might have been it. Yeah, he was like hosting, like, um, it was at, I don't know what the hell it's called now, but like the Key Bank Pavilion, like in Burgettstown. That's, yeah, that must be the same one I was at. I just get getting the year wrong because I don't think they did another tour after that. Yeah, because I remember in 2014 when I went, it was really bad. It wasn't like awful, but it was just kind of like half capacity. Uh, maybe uh, no. There was a good crowd there, if I can remember. It's just like the audience was not very yeah. complimentary to the comics. A lot of comics were doing crowd work, and then like, then just like people would just boo at stupid shit. Like yeah. I remember, I forget which comedian said something. He like 
made a joke making fun of baseball and some guy mm. were like, fuck you. Or like, you the pirates are awesome. Like something in that realm. And the guy was like, yeah, it's a joke. Yeah. yeah. You don't have to agree with it. And then like uh, Sarah Silverman yeah. was one of the headliners and she was doing like abortion jokes. Mm-hmm. So that didn't really, that was well. the one I was at. Oh and yeah. You're at that one. Yeah, oh, okay. It was Hannibal. It was Hannibal who a guy was yelling at. Yeah. And this is, this is pre Cosby revelations, <laughs> Hannibal, <laughs> but uh, where like, someone was yelling at him during his, his set, set yeah. and got ejected. And Hannibal was like taunting him as he's like, now you're getting kicked out. Ha. <laughs> uh, and yeah. it, it, it's fine. And I mean, things don't have to be weird. Like I've never been particularly drawn to things that are like setting out to be weird or setting out to be just offbeat, just for the sake of being yeah, offbeat. Yeah. I think, I think what happens is, uh, like, I have really pretentious taste in film, uh, which <laughs> I say pretentious as a deflective yeah. thing, but I it does veer towards like Criterion Collection stuff and like oh, yeah. art house film. I you know like you mentioned Row House and and I think I love when they do like their prestige weeks. Uh, oh yeah, I've been meaning to go down there more. Oh, it's I uh, used to live um, on uh, just like basically on Liberty, like just yeah. behind it. Um, so super close just walk down the hill yeah. and be there and i would go almost every day for a while like my favorite thing to do is play hooky on a weekday <laughs> and go to like their matinee when no one's there oh it is fantastic lovely uh and and the thing i i find about that kind of stuff uh is like it's not that anyone's setting out to be weird or that they're purposely trying to defy yeah, uh, a niche. It's that they have a really, really strong vision, and it's super idiosyncratic. Um, like, what was a? Now that you bring that up, there's like times I went to go see a movie by myself at Rojas, where it was like a movie. I go like, holy shit, this is good. Yeah. Like, uh, I don't think I've wa- really watched any Jim Jarmusch movies. My brother's oh, yeah. a, you know, my brother's a big fan. So I remember one time when I was hanging out with him, he showed me Mystery Train, uh-huh. and I thought that was really cool. And then like, Dead Man was playing at Rojas. I was like, ooh, like I heard this is really good, like black and white. Uh, the soundtrack of the movie is fucking awesome. Yeah. Neil Young. I went to go see that. I was like, oh my God, this is really good. And like the parts that are funny, they're not just like, it's not like people are trying to be funny. Like it's just like stuff that's, that's naturally funny. Like that scene with like Billy Bob Thornton and Jared Harris mm-hmm. and Iggy Pop at like the bonfire. That was just funny because it was just a bunch of guys like, Guys are talking like this, eating beans and getting pissed off at each other. Yeah. But it was just a really well done movie. Like, what was a movie you saw, Roja? Also, I forgot to, I'm talking to Ian Insect. We're, we're live. We're recording, aren't yeah, we? Yeah, we are recording. I was going to ask, but I was like, that's, that's gauche. You don't ask. Hey, are we recording now? Yeah. No, no, I just it's dive right in. Yeah. yeah. No, uh, this is Ian. Hello. <laughs> Hi, Ian. Hi, Alex. Thank you for having me of on. Of course. Yeah, it. I've been wanting to talk to you for a while. You're a, you're a guy I've always been curious about. Yeah, because I've just... Go on. <laughs> yeah, no, because like, there's a part of me that feels really guilty because like, I saw your stuff and I immediately dismissed it just because, like, oh, I don't get it. Sure. Yeah, and I was just like, oh, I don't get it. And then, like, especially like, <laughs> like the couple of years I've... Uh, recent years I've had, I just go like, yeah, you know, I don't really know the guy. Sure, sure. And, yeah, and you seem like a really nice guy. Like, uh, 
I got to talk to you last night before our show at yeah. on Plain County Warehouse. Hey, hey. hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Dropping a quick, uh, <laughs> quick plug. shout out. Yeah, yeah quick, quick shout out. Quick shout out for the theater on Plain County Warehouse. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think we're we're all finding ourselves out. And I think what happens just in that train of thought of like weirdness and stuff, it's harder when you're trying to bring, and I guess I am comparing myself to Jim Jarmusch now, so let's just roll with it. <laughs> but when you have something, I don't think anyone would argue that uh, what I do is a little outlandish, a little left field. I've been told just countless times that what I do, I mean, I've gotten everything along the spectrum that what I do isn't comedy, isn't stand-up, is it, is, uh, uh, isn't funny. On the more complimentary side, people have said, like, it's comedy plus, which if you haven't read Chris Gethard's book, Lose Well, yeah, read it. It's I read it, I would carry it around for about two months. I got it for my birthday and was just carrying it around through the end of 2018. Yeah. And then just opened it one day and read through the whole thing in 24 hours. He has a chapter in there that he talks about funny plus. And I think that's something to strive for, not just because it sort of justifies what I do, but... I think that anyone can go uh, get up on stage as a, a stand-up and say, yeah. these are the things to touch on. I'm supposed to be confessional, talk about my life. I'm supposed to present it as if it is conversational. Or an improviser is supposed to say, like, uh, I know that these are the things to touch on to get the quick laugh, which it's nice to have those tools in your back pocket if you're, if you're trying to strike a balance and get people interested and like um, get people invested in what you're doing. Um, but I mean, I've spent years of fine tuning what, not even fine tuning, but tuning what I'm doing to make it more accessible. Really? And I mean, I, I will not sit there and I, I, the thing I refuse to let myself do is blame an audience. Even if it is a cold audience, any performer should be able to like read that and say, okay, what can I do to warm them up? And you, you give it your best go. And so I've tried over the last two years or so to develop material that is more accessible, not necessarily the middle of the road stuff. Yeah. Because even when I thought I've been at my most normal, <laughs> people have still been <laughs> like, that was so weird. It was like really meta. Uh, and that's fine. People don't always mean it as like a hostile or negative thing. Uh, yeah. They're not trying to dismiss it. But it's interesting to me because here I am thinking I'm doing just my most mainstream uh, attempt at mainstream material. Yeah. Uh, and it still doesn't read that way. It, it's interesting how... Like, what's your form of mainstream material? Like, what's what, that? What's mainstream material to you? To me? Um, well, you look at... Looking at structure, uh, looking at the comics that... The successful nationally known, internationally known comics that I really like, emulating them, as if it's any surprise, like... The current contemporary comics I really, really like are, uh, you know, Maria Bamford, Paul Tompkins, your comedians of comedy people, Eugene yeah. Merman, um, you know, and then I guess some alt comics. I actually like Neil Hamburger uh, quite a bit uh, on his approach. I, I, I know that the jokes are sort of like intended to be hacky and it's performance art. Yeah. And that's sort of what people have always said that they thought I was doing. And it's like, you know... I guess mainstream meaning more like structurally evident, structurally obvious. Like yeah. here's a setup and a punchline or here's a story about my life and here's my take on it. Here is a slice of life. Here is something contemporary. You know, and tastes change. And I think as far as stand-up goes, everyone is still still under the, you know, in the shadow of Lenny Bruce. Like 
when you watch any of his bits and then watch anyone contemporary, the yeah. delivery is still almost the same, especially with Ms. Maisel now out, yeah, sort of like rekindling his legacy, which happens every couple of years. It's obviously not Lenny, and I don't know or recall the actor <laughs> playing him, but yeah. you know, this idea. It's it's a spot on impression imitation. It's really really accurate. Okay. But uh, you know, I think that a lot of people get caught up in what they think should be or what they think will sell, um, and they're not checking in with themselves. Like, why am I on stage? What am I trying to do? I always ask myself now, and this has taken forever to develop this. Yeah. Uh, is if I'm doing something, what? Uh, where is it coming from? Like, okay. is it coming from a place of love, or is it coming from a place of like? positivity or like trying to make as far as art goes like is it coming from a place of like authenticity like is this something you want to do because you have to say it second what is it in service of is it in service of yourself are you doing it because you're egotistical are you doing it because there's something to create yeah uh and then third uh which i was tripping like a month ago and i finally completed the trifecta which was uh, you're tripping yeah okay. uh which is yeah. is this the best we got yeah, and I just kept running that question through my head, uh, and in any in any case, like yeah. the people you're hanging out with, the things you like, the things you do, the way you behave, is that the best we got? So I try and be mindful of that, and so I don't think that there is guilt or fault on your end, because maybe when you saw me, it was not a good night, not a good set, or maybe the material I was working at that time just wasn't good, and I'm not yeah. beyond saying that. Uh, Everyone goes through periods of growth, and everyone sort of is learning their voice and learning their craft constantly. Yeah. Wow. That was like, that was such a mature way to explain that. <laughs> oh, no. That was well, like, yeah, usually some people are just like, you know, whatever. Yeah, but, you know, just. Uh, I think you can't help but think about it, right? I mean, yeah. we're, we're around it almost all day, every day, yeah. whether it's online or in person. We're always seeing people. Um, Self-reflection is hard. Uh, yeah. But it's necessary. And l honestly, the last two years of my life have been really, really good for that. Like, just a great period of growth and, and maturation. Um, and sort of stepping away from the, like, long-held bitterness that I've had for really? years and years and years. So it's gotten like... You've been bitter about stuff? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like what? Um, well, the day that I was born... No. Uh, <laughs> I think I think um, yeah. my personality has always been. I've been described on more than one occasion as dark and negative. That exact phrase, dark and oh, negative, really? yeah. by totally disparate people, like who had no knowledge of each other. And I know that I still read that way. I know some of it is assumption because also I know people talk and there's oh, yeah, stuff definitely. that's gotten <laughs> back to me. It's but, always like people who don't like really know you, have yeah. never like gotten the chance to like really talk to you. Yeah. And that's in any case for any person. Oh yeah, I've like, heard shit about me. Yeah. But yeah. But exactly. like some of it was like, okay, I see why. Cuz sure. like especially when I first started, I didn't mean to interrupt your story. No, just, no, no, no. That's a conversation. That's yeah. How it goes. Uh, oh yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thank you for reminding me. We're yes. here with Alex Kramer. Oh yes, the, Alex of Kramer the host. Program. Oh, thank you. Thank you Ian Insight, <laughs> my guest. Yes. Uh yeah, because like, I would hear shit about me, and like, especially when I started improv, just like where the fuck my mind was, like, especially because 2014 was just like a really shitty year for me. Mm -hmm. but nothing like bad happened. It was just mentally, I just felt like shit. Sure. In like, 2015, I was going into like a community where everyone was like, f like looking at it. Everyone was like, oh, it's like laughing with each other. Like, oh my God, I'm so not used to this. 
And um, like when I would go like to improv jams, mm-hmm. I would be like really inappropriate, and I would just say like fucked up stuff. Sure, stuff I see like new people do sometimes. And like you know, I'd put my arm around people, and then like I would just say really gross stuff. I would make insensitive jokes, and then like I, a couple of people I've talked to, like like recently, they'd be like, "Oh yeah, back in the day, people would say shit about you." Going like, "Oh yeah, Alex Kramer, he just does that type of humor." Right? Going yeah. like, "Yeah, yeah, I get why." But then like you start, but then sometimes like not that type of stuff. I hear when I hear that type of stuff, I go like, "Okay, I get why they said that because they saw me do that thing." Like, and then you think, like, well, I, I wish they would, like, get to know me and, like, talk to me and realize, that, like, hey, I'm a guy who has fucking, my mind's going so fucking fast, full of anxiety, yeah. that, like, I'm fucking worrying about a lot of stuff. Therapy and medication have helped me slow down a little bit. Sure. Yeah, but just, like, you know, parts like that. And there are other times where I was just straight up just bad. Like, not, like, horrifying, but just, like, you know, I just wasn't thinking and you're like, oh, shit, I really wish I could have, you know, yeah. changed what I did. Yeah. I mean, I, uh, me as well. Um, yeah. In fact, just since we're at Unplanned, I know that there's a jam I did that was super inappropriate because I was, uh, I had done, I was really big into like costume changes and stuff. Uh, <laughs> and like, so I came from a stand up set and I was drunk because I was really big into alcohol. And that's that's its own thing. I mean, like, I know that one of the things that goes around about me is like drunkenness, and that's definitely yeah. I'll be honest with you. That's one of the things I heard about. (laughs) Oh, for sure. And I mean, that's fine. And do you still do you still drink? Or yeah, definitely. But I think moderation moderation is clutch, and understanding, like, accepting what people say, and understanding, like you said, where they're coming from, is super important. And again, to check in with yourself and and exercise some self-reflection yeah uh, but also understanding where that stuff stems from because I also very anxious a lot of the times yeah. and I think honestly most people are or at least most people in our circles are because and I've gotten accustomed to saying that if you meet someone who doesn't have any anxiety then they're probably a sociopath <laughs> because it is sort of like a modern condition and yeah. that was my way of dealing with it and I only found out last year I'd never known this but I guess my mother's side has a huge history of alcoholism, oh, which really? I had never known. Because my mom, <laughs> I actually put this in one of my bits uh, ages ago that like my mom asked me once when I was uh, out with her and uh, drinking, like having a drink, not like getting smashed with mom. <laughs> but she's yeah. like, why do, you, why do you and your brother and sister drink so much and me and your father don't? And then only last year, my aunt told me, she's like, yeah, huge history of alcoholism on our side of the family. And I'm like, how did you know that? But my mom, your sister, not. Uh, yeah. But huh. so it's interesting to learn those things. And you're still responsible for your behavior. Just oh, because there's yeah. alcoholism or just because you have any kind of addiction doesn't mean you shouldn't try and manage it. And, you know, it's to a more responsible point. But when when it wasn't, and I think also in 2014 or around then when Woody was still at Cativo, I came after my mic. I had a mic at Black Forge when they first opened on Thursday. Black Forge Coffee. Yeah. I hear good things about that place. Oh, they're very sweet. Nick and Ashley are very sweet, and everyone who knows them is like has only nice things to say. Yeah. Um, I showed up, and I had like two sets of clothes on, and in the middle of an improv jam, I like took off my pants and had like stretch pants on under and yeah. people were like, eh, 
That's that's maybe a little bit much. Oh yeah, but <laughs> it's it's fine, and I'm still definitely very like weird and very left field and all yeah. that stuff. Um, but I think I think I agree that I, confrontation is essential. Confrontation is crucial to growing, and not necessarily yeah. conflict, not contention, but confrontation. Like it would be wonderful if the things that people have said. Uh, about me, yeah. they would say to me because, to be honest, it all has gotten back to me. And yeah. to be very <laughs> brutally honest, some of it is really depressing. Uh, what I things I've heard that I've done, and I, I like the Oscar Wilde quote. One of the, one of the famous ones is like, "Rumors of my death have been greatly exaggerated." That is not Oscar Wilde. That is someone else. But rumors <laughs> of my death have been greatly exaggerated. Yeah. But just that kind of thing. And you're not gonna. You're, oh gosh. You're not going to stop people talking about each other. Oh, definitely not. Um, and it comes from their own insecurity. And not everyone is going to stop and be like, you know, why am I saying this? You know, what is my yeah. vested interest in this? What do I hope to accomplish? I love that you brought that up because sometimes I do that. And like immediately after I like I leave, like hanging out with people and I've brought up shit, like I vented a little bit. I go like, well, why the fuck did I say that? Yeah. I go like, you know, like there's problems like, you know, that I could have just been up front with somebody and then I just talk shit on them for like a whole year. Yeah. But that didn't solve anything because I just complained about the same thing. I yeah. just kept repeating myself when I would vent about it to somebody. A lot of people are really, really uncomfortable with um, with friction and conflict yeah, oh yeah. and stuff like that. And I guess to, I guess you have to respect that just as much as you'd respect any other kind of personality trait. Yeah. Um, but the fact of the matter is... Uh, over the years, all the stuff I've heard um, is I'm still doing stuff. It hasn't <laughs> stopped me. So yeah. I mean, like whatever traction there is, I think you still have an opportunity to um, to still create your own myth. Or your, I mean, if we're calling sort of everything a myth, even on a small scale, small stakes of Pittsburgh comedy, yeah, like your public persona. Like you have, I was telling someone once, talking with a friend that there's like, everyone has a stage persona, what the, who they want to be on stage. Everyone has a public persona, like their offstage persona. And then you have like the private persona that no one really sees or knows or yeah. is only known in the inner circle. So I think that you get caught in these little things and uh, in these little gaps and gray areas in between all those. Yeah. And I mean, I'm still going to work and I'm still going to go until I'm too exhausted to keep going, I guess. Yeah. But, but it is it is a bummer. And it's been on my mind a lot because what people say about you. Well, not just what they say, because you can't I guess it's like, again, back to that maturity thing. It's like growing and like trying to uh, grow past that, um, you know, but just that people say it and that it's like. You know, it'll pass cross my mind every once in a while. Like, gee, I wish that person would talk to me. Yeah, you know, you yeah, can't every control now and it. Then. Yeah, and also you can't like control like what like who people want to spend their time with. Because mm -hmm. it's definitely crossed my mind. Like when I first started, I would just be like, oh, I want to be friends with that person. But then like that's how I was like when I was a kid. Like how a lot of people are like in high school, they want to hang out with like a certain group of people. And then like it's sometimes like. Uh, like it's like the whole like introverted thing when I really want to have like meaningful conversations with somebody. And when I do, I just go like, Oh my God, we're probably going to talk all the time now. Yeah. And then it never happens. It's kind of like those like 
like a once in I don't want to like eh, it's not like a once in a lifetime thing. I'm trying to think of another term for it, but it's just like it's like one of those rare moments. Yeah. But then like you just see people, and you just go, oh hey, what's up? You go like, oh shit, that's like where like we had this deep, meaningful conversation, and then like it just went nowhere. Yeah. yeah it kind of sucks. So I do, I, I do have that feeling where I just go like, oh man, I'd love to hang out with that person. Yeah. And I uh, saw a meme recently that was talking about like <laughs> signs of an unhealthy, signs of unhealthy boundaries, which I think made its way around. Yeah. Um, especially with talks about like mental health and stuff. Uh, and one of them was like oversharing, and I'm definitely guilty of oversharing. I'm super candid and. I think that that does turn some people off because oh, yeah. I think people like to draw assumptions and like like to think that like oh they're just saying that for attention, but it's it's that like whatever is said about me or whatever is known about me and wherever those two things meet doesn't yeah. stop me from being who I am and doing what I do and I think that goes the same for everyone. I think it is a bummer when it co- crosses over and uh, and who you are or who people think you are costs you opportunities like you're talking about like just to get to know people yeah um it can be it can be sad and i i mean i feel it a lot because there's so much talk about like pittsburgh as a small town and pittsburgh is an artistic community whether it's the music or the comedy and in comedy whether it's the stand-ups or the improvisers yeah. you know and you see all the for me personally not i don't just totally just limit this to my to myself is you see a lot of talk of community and embracing and support and all that. And it's like, when you're not included in that to read that, it's like, that stings a little, just, I don't think that's an escapable thing. It's very human to just want to be included. And I've been told to my face by people (laughs) that like you, you don't want to be included. And it's like, no, I very much do. I very much want to be included, but for who I am. Um, And I think in and whether that's with performing or friends or, or anything like that, yeah. it's you know you you get to that and it can change. It, you know, people's perceptions and opinions can change. Yeah, people grow up and you know mature and you know, and you can have sort of both those mentalities. Is what is what I sort of developed over the last couple of years instead of just sort of being one track minded about like yeah. being on the outskirts, being on the outside. I'm like, you know what? Screw it. I'm gonna keep working. Uh, I'm going to do this and I'm going to keep moving forward and get really excited about the interesting stuff I'm involved in and still wish that, you know, you know, kumbaya, uh, that, that, (laughs) but both those things can exist. And if you don't let your insecurities and the negativity, like overwhelm everything else, then it's, it's fine. It's part of checking in with yourself. It's part of saying like, why does this bother me? Like why, you know, Digging deep is is hard, but again, you like talk about therapy and medication. Those things are super helpful. Oh, definitely. And uh, I've been doing a lot of thinking myself because I just noticed with like with my life and how I grew up and like shitty stuff would go down, and then I would just immediately forget about it. I would never like take time to like assess situations. I would just be like, I might like make a joke about it back then when I would try to like. Like the few times I would go hang out with people, like the people who aren't even like really my friends, and I would just go like, "Oh, my dad did this thing," and mm-hmm. I would just go like, "Actually, like, <laughs> I would go like, fuck, that was actually kind of a, actually was like a serious moment, and maybe I was just trying to like ease it or like make it funny, mm-hmm. but like I've been trying to like do this thing where like I actually like think about shit that went down, like times where I was really shitty to people and I made them like push away from me, because that's happened in my life, because sure. like. Like, I'm just now, like, <laughs> I joke with people, but, like, um, 
I go like I'm just not like trying to learn to how to be a person. Yeah, and it's yeah, totally. It's, at like 26, I don't know how old are you? 36. 30? Really? Yeah. yeah Ten years <laughs> apart. Fist bump. <laughs> Hell yeah. Ten. 82. Uh huh. Oh, cool. Yeah. What? <laughs> no, I just want to learn the whole thing. Uh, what month and day? October 25th. Oh, 1982. 1982. Ooh, yeah. cool. Okay. Um. <laughs> <laughs> Halloween baby. Ooh, hey. boo. Um, <laughs> that's what people say on Halloween. I wasn't booing your I, birthday. Oh, okay. <laughs> you know, it could be both. Yeah, just yeah. two birds, one boo. Story. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I think what you say though is yeah. super is super on target of like stepping back and assessing things, and all those cliches are so they they really are true. Uh, just like the ideas of like those cliches. Uh, uh, really any of them, I suppose, but like what people would consider conventional wisdom or things you'll try and impart on someone who's going through a hard time. Like when you think back on anything someone told you when you were in a dark period that you seemed resistant to, the reason you're resistant to it is because you haven't experienced it yet. It's not a truth yet. It's just something someone says. Like things will like get better. Like advice someone gives you when you're yeah. going through something bad. Yeah. Even like simple shit like things will get better or take a moment every day to like reflect on the positive things. And you know, it, it, it really is like, it really is super, super true. Like last year f- was a phenomenal year for me. Uh, like I'm so happy with the things that I got to take part in. And it's important to like essentially give thanks to that. So, you know, while I do say, like, it's sort of a bummer not to be part of a larger family, the people who have gravitated towards me and the people who do work with me, yeah, like, the small little circle is killer. It's amazing. And, you know, it's important to check in, like I say, on both ends of that stuff and really, really understand, you know... Garrett, you mentioned Garrett's podcast, uh, the old, old one. Uh, yeah, because he's gone through a couple, I yeah. think. Yeah. Uh, he would have his guests do a SWOT analysis, which is what strengths, weaknesses, opportunities, and I always forget the T, but like twerking? <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, yeah, it's twerking. <laughs> but it, it, assessing is, is a comprehensive thing. And I think, you know, you have people who are who only assess in terms of like what they can get out of a situation or from a human being. You have people who don't do any of that at all. You have people who shift blame. Um, unlike emotional responsibility is really hard and yeah. uh, it's such heavy lifting. It's just oh, me dehydrating. Like, yeah, oh no. <laughs> Take a sip of your water, yeah. But like um like when you say like shifting blame, I've done that a lot. Just like it takes a lot like Especially when you, like, see people who are, like, way older than you and still get pissed off and just go, like, hey, like, fuck you. And it's even, like, I'm, like, making jokes, but, like, when it's something simple, like, hey, can you take out the garbage? Like, hey, like, fuck you. Why don't you take it out? <laughs> or it's, like, shifting blame on everybody else. I was like, yeah, you did this thing, this bad yeah. thing. It's like, well, what about her? What about that guy over there? You know, just, like, you know, I'm fucking doing this shit. And um, I see, I can't think of perfect examples, but just, like, I especially, like, see people, like, way older than me. Like, people in, like, their fucking 50s who still can't, like, accept, like, criticism. It is definitely yeah. a mentality, and it's to the point of, uh, like, an identifiable logical fallacy, which is, uh, I think I'm mispronouncing this, but called, like, two quoque reasoning, which is, like, you two, essentially. Uh, and, like, if someone's arguing with you and you just point the finger back at them and you're like... How can you tell me this when you like? How can you tell me smoking's bad for me? I just saw you, 
Smoke well, a cigarette or something. That hypocrite yeah. smokes two packs a day. Two packs? Three packs? That's beastly. How many mid- how many packs of cigarettes did Adam Yauk's father smoke? Rest in peace, MCA. MCA. It's a good guy. Uh, that, uh, you do a weekly trivia question, right? Oh, yeah. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Definitely, perfect. yeah. New segment. Everybody get excited. <laughs> yeah. I, um, I think I think with, with understanding that uh, and, like, with holding yourself accountable, it's, like, just back to that idea of, like, who everyone was, you know? Uh, you got to be accountable for who you were, too, and you got to step up yeah. and say, like, I let myself down or I let someone else down. And th- it's funny because there are people I know I've let down oh, and yeah. I've tried to reconcile that. But then there are people who <laughs> who I do not believe that I've let down at all, just in my personal life and in, you know, the And they're scene. just mad at you and they don't want to talk to you anymore? And it's like, yeah. and it's again, like, tell me, like, I'd like to know what I did. A friend told me once, like, the best way to deal with, like, people talking shit is just like ask questions, and if if whatever the, someone is saying or feels or whatever is authentic or true, then they'll have answers to those questions. Yeah. But just investigate instead of getting reactionary. Just get exploratory, basically. Yeah. Instead of like going up to them, and go like, "Why the fuck are you saying this about me?" Going, yeah. like, "What did I do?" Or like, uh, "Absolutely." Yeah. yeah I'm. <laughs> I love asking people questions, but also just there's times where I go like. I have some people in my life, like I think I've talked about this on another episode where I go like, I, we never really reconciled or anything. It was just kind of like the fade away. Yeah. Like it was just kind of like, and I hadn't, I, yeah, I talked about this with Ashley McKinney. Just like, I had no idea what that was. So I was just kind of like, well, why am I this person not talking to me? Mm-hmm. And it's kind of a thing like, okay, I got over it. And you know, I kind of know like, okay, me and this person just, yeah, we weren't really friends. Yeah. But there's like certain like moments where you like bump back into people and they're like say something to you and you just go like, Oh, what the fuck does that mean? Yeah. And then you just never like ask about it. You just kinda like blow it off or and there's somebody like, you know, that I know that I've let down and like I've been thinking about that a lot lately too, where I just go like, Wow shit, I just was not a good friend. Yeah. And I think that's just as much for us as it is for for others. Uh like the idea of like talking to someone because I was going to say that like when I feel overwhelmed by having let someone down I always try and address it with them but I think that's just as much for me as even more so maybe than it might be for the person I'm talking to um like trying to make amends and stuff like that or admitting guilt is a way of clearing our own conscience and sometimes you're absolutely right is sometimes you just fade away and that happens and you live with it and you move on and you grow yeah. hopefully you learn take away a lesson from it uh yeah and learn and learn uh, something about yourself, I suppose. Oh yeah, definitely. And like, uh, I think <laughs> I'm just promoting other episodes I've done. <laughs> but like, I love this talk because this talk is so good. Because this is like shit I've been thinking about all the time. Recently. Cue them up. Get them in up. that iTunes queue. Yeah. And <laughs> listen to Ashley <laughs> McKinney right after this. Yeah, definitely. Oh, definitely listen to Ashley McKinney. Ashley McKinney is a. Um, I don't know, just a beautiful person. In National treasure. National treasure. Yes, I think they should remake it, and she should star in the Nick Cage role. <laughs> I would love to see Ashley McKay go. We're going to steal the Declaration of Independence, okay? <laughs> uh, but she's got that Indiana Jones hat. <laughs> she does. Yes. No one's going to know that reference yes. except for a, inside joke. Yes, uh, and we're not going to tell you. You're just going to have to think about it. That'll be next week's trivia question. <laughs> um, shit, what the hell was I going? 
Not a crap. Now I talked about joked about Ashley McKinney. Yeah, we're we're down a rabbit hole. I think. Yeah, we're I just talking down, bro. <laughs> this started, I think, when I sat down and you're like, "Hey, how you doing?" And it's just been <laughs> yeah, just endless conversation. Just this yeah. deep dark trail into like an <laughs> uncharted woodland area. If we come across a witch or a troll, or we'll have to the son of a witch and troll union. Yeah, the son of a witch and troll. troll like they won't ask you a riddle. They'll like kind of like complain to you about stuff. Going like, you know, yeah, they'll be. I think that they'll, <laughs> they'll just ask you for some money to go buy a spell or like Eye of Newt. <laughs> They're like, hey, you know. Yeah. They're like wearing like a. See, uh, it's not like even at a bridge. Yeah, they're not even at a bridge, and then Come like on, they're just man. wearing like khaki pants and flannel, and they're wearing like a pavement T-shirt, and they're just going like, "Hey, what's up, man?" Is yeah. Stephen Malkmus the son of a witch and a troll? Is this what you're trying to tell me? <laughs> yeah, that's okay. what I'm trying to say. That's okay. why he talks the way he does. <laughs> Fantastic. I am. The, I can't do a Malkmus impression. Like, now let's go into another rabbit yeah. hole. <laughs> just going like, I've tried to get into pavement. And I just can't do it. Like the later records, like Terror mm. Twilight was really good. And like the record before that one, because I know Terror Twilight was their last one. Mm-hmm. I forget the record like that was before that. It was okay, but like all they ever, like all their like praised ones, I could not like yeah. fully get into. Like Crooked Teeth or like Slanted and Enchanted. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it was. And then people go like, "Oh, that stuff's kind of like weirder than like the later stuff's more accessible." Yeah, and it comes it comes back to that whole idea that we were talking about. about yeah. Normalizing, and I think, I, uh, I think like debut albums and stuff like that are so weird, or so they're like the purest form of any band's vision. And not saying that it's always the best or the end all be all, but I think that's why so often debut albums are like so praised because what you're getting is someone who had like such a drive to get whatever message out there. That they had, they had to do it, um, and it's just, uh, you know. And then people refine and learn, and there's yeah, feedback and yeah. and grow. Like uh, they might be giants. It has progressively gotten less and less weird. Uh, they've been around since the '80s, right? Oh yeah, yeah. They they have like a, such a big, strong fan base. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, I've seen them three or four times, and. Uh, had panic attacks at every single They Might really? Be Giants. I don't know what it is about They Might Be Giants because I don't always, like, I'm okay in crowds. I don't prefer it. Yeah. Um, especially, like, sold-out shows sort of makes me a little uneasy. Yeah. But, like, just full-on meltdowns at They Might Be Giants shows where really? I have to, like, leave. Um, and there was one unfortunate incident where to combat it, I was like, I got it. If I drink the exact right amount... <laughs> Oh, and it was just bad. And I think um, I had been taking uh, benzos too, and uh, benzos. Uh, yeah, like I think they were clonopins, and I might be getting all that wrong, but I think I was. What does benzos do? What is what do those um, do? Is that a? It's like um, a mood stabilizer if oh, used correctly. Okay. But uh, until you're like mixing a, it with booze. Yeah, so. until a couple years ago, I was. Just like whatever you got, I'll take. And hey, let's let's just have a good time. Let's escape our brains. And I, I'm not. I'm certainly not unlike that now. Yeah. But I think more confined, more more moderate and responsible about it, which everyone should do. Like, yes. hey, enjoy yourselves, <laughs> but 
try not to hurt yourself and oh, definitely. Uh, yeah. and others. But <laughs> obviously you can you can imagine how this story ends. Security escorted me out. I really? wasn't like, like what were you doing? Nothing. Uh I think I was just so visibly drunk, like slurring speech and just like really couldn't even stand. And then it was at this club in Philly and like there was a VIP area and For the might be giants? Mm-hmm. Sort of, if you've ever been to like Mr. Small's theater, yeah. how they have that balcony, and it's like oh, you have to pay a certain price. To oh, that's like a VIP seat. area? Yeah. Really? So okay. the club was really similar to that, and I didn't see the sign for the VIP area. And I think they had their eye on me and were just sort of waiting for me to oh. screw up. And no one was like, there was no violence or anything. The security guy was just like, he took me by the arm and he was like, you have to go. Yeah. And so it's fine. It's good that it, you know, didn't went that route. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Was it ever bad though? Were you ever like crazy at a show? Or? At, no, I I can't remember a time where I like would have gone like way 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 overboard. That was probably the worst incident, and that's relatively tame. I mean, I'm not I'm not like a Keith Moon or anything like no. where like my intake is like 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 there are some drugs I just I will not touch because oh, yeah. I I just. <laughs> I don't like who I am in certain states, uh, even when I'm in that certain state. But as far as concerts, um, no. I think most of the times I'm pretty chill. And in recent years, when I've finally been able to like identify and label and say, like, this is what's going on with me right now. Like For the longest time, I thought I just had anger issues. But I'm like learning that like anxiety for me manifests as anger and yeah. like lashing out. And it's like, if I identify that and can sort of nip it in the bud... Uh, and I didn't do this on my own. I just have really? to state that. Like, there have been so many people who've actually helped. Because that's the thing, is just back to that sort of giving thanks thing or just talking comprehensively about your experience. Yeah. When you have, uh, you know, there are people who just want to talk shit on you and yeah. weaponize your faults against you. Yeah. But there are, when you encounter people who are like, I like who you are and I think I know who you are and I'd like to see more of that. Yeah. You know, and and will even give you tough love or tough talk. Uh, you, did you guys see the air quotes there? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, good. Yeah, good. Great. Just checking in. Um, <laughs> the, it, yeah. If you're, you know, and it's all those things. It's complex. You have to you have to want to change and all that stuff. Um, yeah. But at concerts now, like I went to see Low when they were here last year. Okay. Uh, just a couple months ago, and it was a sold out show. And it was like 170 people in this tiny room. And I was like, I, uh, I am like really feeling myself escalate. And I was like, uh, I was fam really familiar with the room. So I just walked to the back and watched the show in the mirror. There was like a mirror at the very back of the oh, room. Oh, really? So I just watched. <laughs> and it was, it worked like a charm. It was yeah. like, it's like when you, when people know what works for their dogs when there's a thunderstorm. Yeah. It was like, I, I dog sweatered myself, you know, like I, I comfort blanketed myself yeah. and it was like, and it, it and it, where was, was this at? It was at the fun house at smalls, which oh, is like the small smalls. side okay. room, um, where I've, you know, done shows and the mic there, the monthly or the weekly Monday mic. Oh yeah. Um, and that's a fun community. Those are some very, very cool people who've always been very nice and very welcoming to me. Oh, definitely. So it's like sort of a homey vibe when I go there. Uh, but the show was freaking amazing. And I've had way more positive experiences than negative ones. Like, I got to see Vic Chestnut open for Jonathan Richmond, which is super cool for me. Vic Chestnut's dead. 
Um, so it was nice to see him before he passed. Same with Sparkle Horse. I got to see them open for the Flaming Lips. Oh, cool. Uh, but yeah, concerts, like if you can like normalize or overcome those anxieties, yeah. they can be really lovely experiences. Oh, definitely. Like, um, see, that's never happened to me at concerts and I can be bad in like really crowded situations too. Mm -hmm. Like I went to go see the Tune Yards back in May just Ooh. by myself and I was like front row at Mr. Small's. It was so much fucking fun. Like, it didn't, like, get, like, super packed where I was kind of felt, like, mm -hmm. contained. I'll tell you a moment where I did feel like that. Um, is last night, I went to go see The Room at Row House with uh, Luke oh, Lasky. Yeah. And, um... I love Luke. Luke's yeah. such a sweetie. Oh, he is. Yeah. I love Luke. He's another guy that's just like, oh, people, just get to know Luke. And he's yeah. just such a, just such a nice guy. In my eyes, yes. Yeah. And we went... And I knew it was going to be like the interactive version. Like you got a bag of spoons and you were supposed to throw it every time you saw like the <laughs> photo of the spoons and throw a football and all that stuff. And like I got into it at the beginning because it was like a community of like we all love this movie. Mm -hmm. And um, we were like screaming. I was screaming out stupid jokes. Then at one point it started to like I, I wasn't getting mad. It was just like the movie was going on and I couldn't hear it because everyone was screaming. Even at like really like some like the funniest scenes and like even at the part where it was like, You're tearing me apart, Lisa. People were talking. I like would actually like start going like shh like to the audience, sure. like shut up. And like um Yeah, I got to like I was just sitting there, I wasn't mad, I was just kinda going like, Okay. Like and then yeah. like me and Luke were complaining to each other, going like Yeah, I got to the point where like everyone's jokes were just getting really bad. Like and like this is coming from me who likes really st stupid, weird stuff and like, everyone's jokes were just like, oh, yeah, look at your acting ability. Yeah. Like, when someone give each other, like, a gift, you go like, oh, what is that, your acting ability? Mm. Oh, I got you this great, uh, here's an acting lesson. I gotta go, ah, you're kind of, like, ruining, like, this whole thing. And, like, you know, we all know that, we all know that the room is bad, but we kind of like it for just being, it's this humongously bad movie, but just the way it was done was so interesting with how bad it is. But just to make like those cheap shots of going like, like oh look at your bad acting. Well, it's funny, it's weird, and all those adjectives, all of them, <laughs> um, all the adjectives, folks. <laughs> the Alex Kramer program, sponsored by Roger, um, <laughs> I uh, J and J Roger. This <laughs> this Spumante is delicious. Spumante and a thesaurus. Um, <laughs> I, yeah. uh, I I think that. Everyone, to some level, wants to be uh, realized. And this is like weird, like faux academic, fake Jungian. You know, we all want to be seen by others. That like validates our existence, right? And we all simultaneously want to criticize things. Like The Room is such a good example. So it yeah. makes so much sense that people would just be as loud as they could to impress the friends or to oh, be yeah. heard in a room of people tearing down this thing because there is this propensity for for crab bucketing which i heard someone use that as a verb crab yeah i've never heard someone use that as a verb i i, I think it was like in an article somewhere uh it was lovely it was lovely and it's the word of the day another segment <laughs> word of the but, day yeah but um i think also people i had one of the most eye-opening experiences just like two weeks ago i was out with jenna and Frank McDade. Oh. Um, and Frank created this character, uh, a 
a little puppet. over a year ago. Yeah, Gary. Co- Gary, yeah, I've seen pictures. Life-size puppet, and he debuted him at my very last New Year's Eve Eve show. No, oh. uh, which I was just I was overjoyed and touched because Frank, for my money, and I know he's been on your show. He was on an earlyish episode. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Frank, for my money, is one of the two or three most creative and original uh, performers in this city. Period. So anytime I get to work with him or see him work, it's lovely. And so he revisited Gary right around New Year's Eve this last year. Um, And I won't mention years because, you know, like like Q-Tip says, you know, you don't mention the year because, you know, it's just into infinity now. (laughs) But um, anyway, long long story short, you have right in. (laughs) Frank, Frank and Gary are walking around. And these people are stopping them. Every other person, probably statistically correct, every other person uh, was like, is that the Cookie Monster? Is that the Cookie Monster? And I always thought, and I always suspected, like, you know, people, you know, aren't prepared for stuff that's outside their comfort zone. They always need to find some corollary, some cognate in their own life. Like, oh, this is like this, or you look like this, or your set like was like this. Like, when I started comedy, everyone was like, because I would wear uh, makeup, even at mics and stuff, even at oh, open yeah. mics, people would be like, "You look, you remind me of Eddie Izzard," and I was like, "Yeah, but that's just because of the makeup." And then as I kept doing stand up and got, I think, objectively better, I think, yeah. um, at least subjectively better. Yeah, it depends like, on who you ask. Yeah, yeah. Uh, uh, you know, Eddie uh, Eddie Izzard is like, as I came to appreciate that more, and I think I'm closer to him now than I was then. But people want. To be like, this is, you're exactly like this. For for the record, uh, if I was trying to emulate anyone, and probably still am to a degree, it's Noel Fielding, who is in the Mighty Boosh, with whom, uh, with Luke, wait, whom I... You did a skit with did, him. Yeah, whose sketch I did with Luke uh, at Britsburg two years ago. Oh, yeah. Um, but to sort of like ravel all that back up is... I, I, it was such a concretizing moment for me. I'm like, people really can't conceive of a life-size puppet. Cookie Monster isn't even life-size. He's hand. Yeah. He's a hand puppet. Uh, and I was just, or a hand muppet. Sorry. Um, <laughs> and it was, it, I could see it, it how it was frustrating. Yeah. Uh, was he getting frustrated? No. Frank's generally a very like three C kind of guy. Yeah. Um. But I was like, wow, like. People were coming up to them and saying, like, you know, Cookie Monster doesn't have a nose. And I was like, uh, well, yeah, this isn't a Cookie Monster. This is <laughs> this is Gary. And it's like, so when so people's like comprehension of things, I'm not saying that it's generally bad, but I think they're resistant to it. I think generally people like to keep their understanding of the world, um, you know, pretty pretty boxed in. Yeah, and conduct themselves in that way. So when they see something that is objectively bad acting, or I guess, again, subjective, objective, whatever, uh, subjectively bad acting, like The Room, where, you know, if you, you, I'm assuming you saw The Disaster Artist then as well. You know, that it's this big vanity project uh, that just a bunch of money was dumped into without the substance there. You know, then they're going to uh, construct their own reality around it. And it, always ends up being a kind of like comparative reality. Like this is worse than this. I could do better than this. Yeah. And I think we do it with stuff at that level. Uh, I think we do it with stuff at a personal level, local level, all of that. Like just 
all up and down the board, we just like uh, get, you know, critical. Yeah, everyone's critical. And like I, uh, like I like to give my opinions on like music and some starting a music podcast. Uh, but um, and like movies too. But then like there's like those times where like I'll like give my critique about a movie. Then like when other people are like fully like getting into it. There's sometimes where I can get turned off by that, mm-hmm. but it just depends. Like, there's times where I go like, oh, okay, like, because then like there are some people who can be honest and go like, yeah, well, you know, I know I can't make a good movie, but there's sometimes I do want to ask people going like, well, do you think you can make a better movie that everyone else would really like? And then then like people would immediately like we were talking about get defensive going like, yeah, fuck you, we're just having a conversation. <laughs> it's like, well, this is yeah. the, this is the stuff I want to know. Like, do you think you would make a good movie? And probably be like, oh, I, like, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> and I think uh, there's a great AJJ lyric uh, where he says, uh, what does he say? Uh, out of context, I can barely recall it. But he basically says, uh, just sit on the couch. Don't do shit for yourself because I'd hate to see that happen to you. Oh, sit on the couch. Criticize. Ah, fuck. Uh, my apologies to Sean Bonnet. We'll just edit that out and just sort of put the song in there. It's uh, we did we didn't come here to rock. Listen to it. It's one minute of your life. It's a lovely minute. Um, but yeah, the idea of yeah. like putting yourself out there. I think we all know that it's a critical sort of like harsh world. Yeah. Um, and externalizing and projecting is so much easier than taking yourself to task. That it is really. Uh, and it's funny because I'm just catching myself doing what I said everyone does. I'm like, oh, well, this thing is like this song lyric that I half know, you know, yeah. <laughs> instead of just sort of coming at it and saying, but, you know, people do need that. People need some sort of grounding in their own reality. Yeah. And you get all to this like Einsteinian relativity of like, if you have, if there is one reality for every person who exists, at least one reality for every person who exists, then, you know, how do you reconcile yeah. All of these. Uh, I had a friend when I lived in Chicago who was a philosophy, actual philosophy instructor, like actually knew philosophy and didn't just pretend like yeah. some people. <laughs> He's um, pointing at himself, folks. Oh, yeah. that's right. This is <laughs> yeah. But And she, her area of expertise was Baruch Spinoza, who is, I think, a 15th century philosopher who sort of touched on that too and was like, you know, not to get super heady about it, but he was basically just saying, like, we're essentially the gods of our own universes, which is our realities. And it's like, so when we encounter someone else, you know, uh, trying to understand things that are out of our control, which are the way other people behave, the ways other people perceive us, all these all these things, it becomes overwhelming. Rejecting that reality is a really easy way around it. Oh, of yeah. saying, like, ah, that sucks. Forget it. Screw it, screw it. <laughs> or this, this person, this person's bad. Like we have a propensity to do that. Oh yeah. Like again, back to that comparative thing. It's just like this person's bad, and I know that because I'm good. I'm the hero of my own story. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Damn. Yeah. No, no. Like this is making so much sense. It's like making my brain work. <laughs> like it's uh, my brain is working now. I just oh my I God. cut like to a cross section of your brain. It's like the Looney Tunes, like. Powerhouse, like boom, that's what's going on inside my brain, everybody. In case <laughs> you wanted to know, here's a turn and a turn. I, I love it, I love it, but you know, and and it is, I, I, I certainly don't want to come across like I spent a year on the mountain or something. I'm no John the Baptist, it's just 
hard lessons learned because yeah. I did fuck up for a number of years. Like I met Nick from Black Forge uh, when he managed at the Lava Lounge and oh, yeah, I took yeah. over where's hosting. That, where's, that, where's that at? It's closed now, which breaks my heart a little because it was my favorite venue to perform in. Uh, I felt like such a kinship. And other people would say that to me. They're like, this is a weird place and you're a weird dude. You guys are a good match. Um, <laughs> it was uh, on 22nd and East Carson, just before the Birmingham Bridge. Okay. Um, then it closed and it became Monster. And then I think when Monster closed, I don't think anyone's taken up that property yet. Oh, okay. Uh, as of release, uh, release of this podcast. But <laughs> um, just... Uh, that idea of now why did I why did I bring that up because I thought about being at the Lava Lounge because we had mentioned Nick before uh, well you were just saying like oh I haven't oh, been on the mountain up. yeah right. fucking up you're like yeah you you said like oh I haven't been on the mountain I'm not John the Baptist but it's just yeah. lessons learned and you when you met Nick turning uh, my words against me yeah <laughs> but <laughs> but there I mean I think I just wanted to bring up Nick just to connect that and again, you know, make, make my own reality, but <laughs> it's, you know, I think that's how, that's how you learn. You can either, I, I mean, I've seen a couple people who now that they are more publicly visible have sort of disowned their past yeah. and said like, you know, basically said, I never said that. I never did that. <laughs> um, and anyone who says otherwise is trying to slander me and it's like, fine, do that. I understand, especially in this climate, like, social yeah. climate, um, not to say anything of the snow outside, but I understand that that's sometimes a survival tactic. Like you have to do that. Like not everyone is open to uh, candor about who you are or who you were. And they will take that to, they will take whatever you offer them to crab bucket you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> crab bucket, bitch. Boom. Crab bucket. <laughs> you just got crab bucket. Okay. But no, like, Fuck. Just like these are the conversations I wish I had more. Just because you know, uh, just like personal experiences, just made me fucking think about this stuff all the time. Sure, and I, I, I mean, there's just there's so much out there to experience and do and all that, and you know, I get that people are scared. Uh, every we're all terrified and again not just because of the current political climate to say nothing of the snow outside yeah um <laughs> but everyone is just terrified i'm terrified every day not necessarily that i will be uh killed although i've been thinking that it's actually finally gotten to the point where it's present in my consciousness where i'm not it doesn't prevent me from going places or doing things but i'm like that i could be at a thing that could get shot up potentially yeah. um my friend dana wrote this awesome play a uh, new Pittsburgh Christmas Carol Dana Leahy Leahy yeah I heard about it Dana was on your show no, no, she, no she, she was, was on, on Garrett's yeah. that's right okay yeah. um is that like the Pittsburgh Christmas Carol thing yeah. yeah and she also had a show prior to that at last year's fringe called um are you there Margaret it's me God which was a companion piece like a response to Judy Bloom's old book are you there God yeah. it's me Margaret and just Dana is the sharpest satirist I've ever seen like so much satire, what people call satire, that yeah. if they are like, I, I do satire, it's them ultimately saying like, look how smart I am. Look how cute yeah. I am. Look how much like John Stewart I am or, you know, John Oliver and all that or any late night host now. You know, I mean, and that's fine, but that's a degree removed from satire. Like, uh, but Dana is a lovely satirist. But when we were doing 
uh, New Pittsburgh Christmas Carol, which just uh, was so much fun. But I would be on stage. I was like, because, you know, it got retweeted by the mayor and then people threw some shitty comments in the thread really? of like, uh, bike lane mayor, which was like part of the joke of Dana's play. But like yeah. people really like validated her portrait of how Pittsburgh is. But she did like take a look at all sides. I do feel it incumbent upon myself to say that. Yeah. Um, but I was, you know, I'd be on stage and I'm like, you know, there could be one person out there who caught wind of this and doesn't like what they see. And that's the thing yeah. for them. And, and it is, it is weird now to have that sort of more tangible fear. Cause a lot of my fears are very, very internal and very like self-reflective sort of circling back on themselves of like, yeah. you know, this could be a failure. This might be the last show I'll ever get on, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. Pretty, pretty typical stuff. And I think everyone's there and everyone deals with it in different ways. So you can't really fault how people deal with their fears. Um, even people who aren't performers in the more traditional sense. No. It's just like, it is a scary time to be alive. And <laughs> No, I, I agree with you. And just like a lot of people don't, I've noticed, like really don't, they have like a short leash for empathy. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah and it's just... Um, I'm trying to get better at like just understanding where people are coming from. Um, I still have a lot of work to do. Like I'm not saying I'm a master at it. Yeah. Mm. Uh, but just, you know... But I think like I just... No. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, no, no. No. <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, <laughs> yes, yes. Uh, like, I, I just think that like just yeah. with the, the terror that people feel, um, I think you have to overcome that to be empathic first. And it's like... I, I guess I don't necessarily agree with it, but I get why people don't want to reach out to others. Whether, again, that's performers in a traditional sense, yeah. um, why, why you don't put yourself out there to do something um, a little off-kilter yeah, or a little Yeah, do something weird, different. Or, yeah. um, a little more you know, individualistic. Or as a person, why you don't want to put yourself out there and, and be empathic. Because there are, are also tangible fears of like, you know, stopping... There was a news story, what, like two years ago someone stopped... To help someone on the side of the road and ended up getting shot and killed, you know, just really? silly, silly stuff like that. Not silly. I don't mean to, uh, you know. I know what you meant, but yeah, uh, dismiss just, it. But yeah. you know, there's stuff that always sticks in the back of your mind and may not metabolize in the way of like, I'm going to die today. But like, it may metabolize in ways that you don't realize. These are my anxieties. These are my fears. It just sort of becomes aggression or hostility or, you know, a need, a subconscious need to validate yourself through being the best or the you yeah. know the top of whatever whatever yeah. it is whether it's athletics it's sports for all of you out there yeah again <laughs> this synonym brought to you by miriam and webster Ooh. Um, but yeah like uh you know like there's certain things like the uh, the stuff we do in like comedy that can be very competitive and that's like the kind of stuff that i worry about just because like you know i realize people want to put their art out there and mm, I am not saying don't do your stuff. Work on your stuff. Write stuff. Do improv. Learn it. It's stuff that I would like to learn more. I have art in my head that I would like to put on stage. It's mm -hmm. just trying to like, I don't know how to word, just like pushing myself to do it. And just like saying like, just do it. And mm -hmm. just see what the response is. But there's some times where I just see people who get in their head and they just want to be like noticed. And, sure. And that's the kind of thing that, uh, it makes me sad. It just kind of just goes like, 
you know, this is fun, right? Mm-hmm. And like, there's some people who just go like, oh, no, no, no. We have to like have these people in the audience and we, and I want to make those certain people laugh because they're higher up or they're like the most known people. And I go like, yeah, it's good to make some people laugh. And there's people in the community. I love making them laugh. Because like mainly it's just not because of like, oh my God, I made that person laugh. Mm-hmm. Just because like a lot of times it's like, oh, they have a good laugh. Sure. Yeah. And, but just there, there are times where I just see people just going like, are you doing this for all the right reasons? And I'm not like, yeah. and uh, <laughs> I don't have the responsibility just like, I'm not the comedy police and just going like, no, this is why you should be doing this. There's just some times where I just go like, you know, have fun with this. Yeah. And it's back to that thing you can't control. And again, I, yeah. I feel, I get the feeling you're talking a little bit more about improvisers, but there's less yeah. of a divide. <laughs> yeah, there's less I'll of be... a divide between improvisers and standups than anyone might think. They definitely operate in different ways, even though it manifests and presents uh, as almost like diametrically opposed uh, yeah. ways of dealing with it. But everyone wants that person in their crowd. Everyone wants to make that person laugh. Everyone wants to get that person on that person's show or in that yeah. person's theater. And everyone wants that form of validation. And just, I can't not cite Kevin as best laugh in the biz, Kevin O'Brien. Kevin O'Brien, you're mm-hmm. good friends with that guy. That is my best friend. I uh, really? adore that man. I don't know if it's reciprocated, and he's certainly not. Uh, <laughs> he is not by any means obligated to say exactly. the same. Yeah, but uh, yeah, I mean, you guys hang out. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't put the two together. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, it's and that that in itself is sort of a silly term. <laughs> but I I have a lot of affection for Kevin as a person. Um, I he just dazzles me intellectually. Uh, and as far as like getting to write with him and do sketch, it is always the most fun. But it goes back to like what I was saying before. There are some people that like. When I get to work with them, I'm just so grateful for it. Yeah. Kevin uh, and Frank uh, and Dana, um, you know, uh, Jenna is another one who I yeah, just... Yeah, Jenna Civic, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, uh, you know, I mean, let's... let's uh, did I get an award? I'll just hold this water bottle. Well, hold it, like hold it up, yeah. But, no, <laughs> I, and Kevin also has a great laugh. We'll stop talking about him because if he, if he does happen to listen to this, he won't want to hear about himself. So we'll just... Oh, really? Is he will, like that? <laughs> the most humble like I don't have a bad word to say about oh, Kev that's so good I've uh, never really talked to him before he's the man yeah I've only think I talked to him once we always like say he like do like a little wave to each mm-hmm. other just it's like the whole like hey I know you you know me yeah, he yeah. can be sort of shy but you know uh, I'm the yeah. same way like yeah I'm for the, the, sure the, for sure yeah but they're just like yeah I've never really like that's another guy like I've never really talked to him before yeah. I'd love to have him on the show I'd love to like talk to you, hear about his stuff, but yeah, For just, sure. yeah, he's a comedy dynamo. <laughs> yeah. He's hilarious. I love watching him, but, uh, fuck yeah. That's like, and that's another thing I really want to like work on. It's just like reaching out and just like really realizing that there are people in my life who want to like be my friend and want to be there for me. That was like, that, that was one of the things I was trying to remember earlier on. Just like there are people there who genuinely want to hang out and like not being afraid to accept that. Like myself not being afraid to yeah. accept that and just realizing like there's like people who want to work with me and want to hang out and, you know, not just not being in my head about it and just being like, you know, these are the right people I want to be around. I've, I've taken a saying to people, you know, and the scene or performing or the arts or whatever you want to say dominates most of our lives. Any of yeah. us, like we start by dabbling and then I think for most of us it sort of overtakes us, whether it is just a hobby or whether it is an actual pursuit. But... You know, I've started saying <laughs> that uh, I probably like you more than you like me because I think I have developed a reputation for being pretty snarky because 
again, and I think it's a survival tactic, tactic that people expect a lot of people are just being sarcastic. So yeah. I, I may say something, and I've seen this happen, not even with performance, but like years ago in like personal situations, I would say yeah. something. And it would be like sort of over the top sincere, almost like in, inauthentically sincere, yeah. if that makes sense, that kind of paradox. But people would say, are you being, are you being sarcastic? Are you fucking with me right now? Uh, and I'd have to clarify, you know, because again, I overshare and I oversell. And I think that um, also, you know, I'm the most emotional person. No, I'm amongst again. <laughs> if you meet if you meet someone who isn't sensitive and emotional and anxious, then they're probably a sociopath. Yeah, they have no feelings whatsoever. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I I think that we ex we almost all of us, especially performers, how insecure are performers. Uh, you know, you just assume that people don't like you or you maybe aren't worth being liked or, yeah. you know, I, I think it's, that's much more common than people thinking like this person's beneath me or this person isn't worth my time. It's a lot of like sort of, uh, dueling insecurities of like, you know, if I open up to this person, they may not reciprocate. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, I didn't know you had a thesaurus on loan. Oh very yeah. Nice, very it's nice. right under this table. Yeah. <laughs> Finally used it. Right along with this brute champagne from <laughs> Jay Roger. I hope I hope that that's the same family. I've never looked into that. No, that if the I had no idea guy that... is the like grandfather of the champagne guy. Yeah, they just hang out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure the thesaurus guy is dead, but I mean yeah. if not yeah, they're then dead. good He's on dead. him. Oh. Or could it be yeah. The darkest the darkest episode of the Alex yeah, Groove program. And I was happy. I was happy that it was dark. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've really enjoyed talking to you. I have had a I've had a blast. <laughs> oh my god, this is so much fun. This is, I don't know. I just love having these conversations. I rarely ever get to have them, but when I do, I always appreciate yeah. them. And I mean, none of it none of it makes sense to the world, and none of it really even makes sense. But I mean, that's that's the best you can can hope for is like sort of give yourself your own cliches to rely on. Yeah, and like it'll be okay, and and we'll get. You know, we'll get through this. We'll get through this. A lot of people like a lot of the things that people roll their eyes at, but just like, you know, realizing stuff that like, you know, don't be afraid to like look back at shit mm -hmm. and like really think and really assess stuff. But cool. don't like make it a, like an everyday thing where you have to assess every situation. But like, I, I overanalyze a lot. Oh, yeah. Same lot. here. I'm in my head all the time. I'm an overthinker. But, but I just, did think of one of those cliches I couldn't identify in the first act of this interview, this interview. Um, <laughs> which uh, this too shall pass is like, sometimes you'll hear people say that, but that's a good one that I think is true is you get yeah. so caught up in the moment. Uh, and like you're saying, overanalyzing the moment itself instead of like staying on track with like where you want to go. And yeah, so it's, it's comprehensive mentality and it's hard to keep it on the hook even when you do get it. Oh my God. Well, I think we have to end it there because that's like wraps it up. I'm, I'm good with that. I really appreciate you having me on. Of course, dude. I love talking to you. Right on. Thank right you, on. Ian. Thank you, Alex. You have been listening to Unplanned Comedy Pods, a podcast collection.